0: Welcome into another World Cup edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Mackenzie Rivers, who uh talk about my best bet in a minute. And I am joined here by my man Griffin Warner. What is up, Griffin? How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well. This is a little bit of a weird episode. Unfortunately, I had to work. So I Oh my God. Here we it's go. It's all
0: happening. It's all happening. I'll let Griffin uh, you know answer his phone. He's also <laughs> moving at the moment. But he's also undefeated on the last five podcasts. So Griffin, um, mute my mic for a minute. Uh, I'll do a little best bet recap. Where, I'm not caught up because I'm not caught up. That's the problem, people. And I'll be how does he to continue do. to win 35 games above 500? Because he catches up. He watches these games. We talked about it early on in this podcast. It's the beautiful game for a reason. So much is conveyed by the actions, the sights, the movements of the actual game. So the reason Griffin is 35 games above 500 is because he watches and appreciates and takes it all in, which he has not quite done for every last minute of the World Cup to this point. So I'll do a best bet recap because he hasn't necessarily watched Portugal-Uruguay. I lost with my Portugal-Uruguay bet of Uruguay plus a half goal. Portugal and Bruno Fernandes, the 1-1 written all over it, I definitely had in my mind in the second half, but in the 90th plus... Uh, Bruno Fernandes put me out of my misery. Portugal wins 2-0. And taking, a, it was a classic Griffin play. It was so contrary, and His best bet, Costa Rica under. After they give up the most goals in the tournament, seven to Spain. They're facing Japan, who outperformed their expectations, putting up two against Germany. What did he do? Did he ride that momentum? He bet the over? No, he bet the under. Costa Rica got it done with their shocking upset. And uh, it wasn't even close. To the total of two and a quarter, only one goal scored. Uh, so we're working, we're looking good. We're looking good. So I am right now picking up my phone and texting Griffin that uh earmuffs is uh unlifted. So what up, Griffin? You're back?
1: We're back. Come on in. Uh sorry everybody. Uh I was saying I had to work today, so I gotta catch up on the rest of the matches. But don't worry, we're here, we're doing the first two days. Mackenzie probably already said all this, but I was on mute as you already know. And uh, I'm ready to find some more winners.
0: Absolutely. So Griffin is caught up and ready and already done handicapping the games that we are going to talk about the eight games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So let's get into it. The Netherlands have nothing to play for, but they're two goals favored over Qatar. Like, I guess that's not true, but what do you make of this one? Netherlands monster favorite against a team that doesn't have anything to play for except for, and they probably a lot of pride being the host nation in jeopardy of being a rare host nation to come up away with zero points yet the market isn't giving them much respect and their play really hasn't deserved it so what do you make of this one netherlands laying two goals versus Qatar.
1: i can't say that this one is high on my list of uh, possible best bets um, i will admit i don't know what the heck is going to happen in this matchup i feel like i mean if you're the dutch um, you could probably play anything. I guess you do have a little bit to play for because you could get caught and overpat or overtaken for that one seed. Um, so I don't know that the Netherlands will be um completely rotating. But then again, like I mean, does one versus two seed matter that much? I mean, not necessarily, but I think it does for their first matchup um uh, in the knockouts because you'd much rather play the us or iran than you would england so i think we might see a good lineup from the netherlands that's probably why this number is a, a two goal favorite for netherlands all the juice on guitar but um i don't know what number it would take for me to play guitar here because ultimately um yes they're playing for pride yes that's a good thing i guess but um i'm not sure the crowd really matters i feel like there might even be more orange in the stadium despite it being in the guitar home nation um, I don't really know what is going to happen here. Over under of three and a quarter is like monstrous in this tournament. That tells me there's not a lot of defense that's going to be played here. Um, I guess if I had to pick something, I'd probably go under um, because the Netherlands offense hasn't really been that great so far. And I feel like that's maybe not going to hinder them so much in this one, but I think it's going to hurt them in the knockout rounds.
0: Last thing on this game, uh, kind of alerted to Netherlands not really having that much to play for uh, as they're heavily favored, you know, minus 400 to advance. But now that I think about it, how much of a difference do you see in the opportunity to be Group A winners and almost assuredly not play England, play Iran or USA? Depends what happens with England-Wales, but, you know, just you know, everything's at play with the World Cup. You love it. There is nothing decided almost. But we have a lot of uh, leans here of what's going to happen. How much do you think it matters to Netherlands to win this group, win this game and uh, avoid England potentially?
1: So I would have argued it matters for a pride standpoint. I think you, as a big footballing nation, want to go into the World Cup and win your group. I feel like that matters. It seems to me a lot more than it does in American sport. Yeah. But but I thought of that
0: today. um, Yeah. Not not to uh, spoil it. I know you've watched at least some of the Brazil game. Oh no, I'm
1: done. I'm done Brazil. Yeah. Okay. So you got.
0: Did you notice when they scored the goal? I'm like this doesn't matter very much at all. They're already advanced. They're, they weren't going to allow a goal, so it was pretty much a draw or a win. But the Brazil faithful were just apoplectic. They were it, it was like they it was like the biggest goal of their lives almost. It made me just think how much the World Cup matters. Even winning your group, winning every game. How much it matters to everybody involved.
1: Yeah, I think there's it, it's weird because every time you're on the pitch, you want to win. Sure, sure, sure. But I feel like there's different motivations in this sport than versus the U.S. Because I feel like, like you'll see teams in, in the NBA, for example. I'm surprised I'm bringing it up on this podcast. <laughs> um, like playing for the five seed or something like that because they like the or playing for the four seed because they like the matchup with the five better than the three seed for the six. I feel like that there's too much pride in soccer where that's not something that really happens that they try to win everything, um, and that's with nothing on the line in the knockouts. I really think. Um, winning your group might be the most important part of this tournament besides like ending up on the right side of the bracket but you don't really control that and who knows what, what crazy stuff's going to happen when japan is winning the group uh whatever on thursday friday whenever that's coming um uh, i'm hoping for it not predicting it sorry people but um i, I think this really matters because um while england might not win group b uh that's a team you want to avoid uh and if somehow you run i mean i don't even know if the u.s are going to score spoiler alert but um, facing Iran in the second round is almost a path, uh, a pass to the quarterfinals, and I think that matters a ton. So, um, and I think that's why you see the line being as high as it is. Right. So, uh,
0: strike my first statement from the record: plenty of to play for for the Netherlands. I still think Qatar um, probably the biggest game of their lives. Because I mean, who knows? Who knows? If you don't win. You don't win any matches at the World Cup. I don't know. A lot of holes in the desert maybe, they should, pay, the maybe
1: they should pay off the uh the Dutch team like they paid off the ecuadorians uh it didn't work so
0: well. that sounds expensive to me personally, but uh, I don't know I don't know I'm not making exactly right the Dutch. they ha-
1: they have the money i I mean they paid enough to set blotter and his kids and their kids so right. I mean I think they got extra
0: i think uh the great 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 grandchildren uh in three hundred years from now just in in their uh shiny gold pool, just had a shiver somebody was talking about him <laughs> but uh Ecuador. They are quarter goal favorite over Senegal. The other teams, teams, plural, that can win this group. Ecuador has four points Senegal on three. Uh, but what do you make of this matchup? With the juice, it's almost a pick'em game. Ecuador, Senegal.
1: Man, um, I feel like coming into this tournament, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like most people like Senegal over Ecuador. I guess that was before the uh, Sadio Mane injury, but um, I mean, this is about as close as you can get, but the nice part is Ecuador have four points and Senegal only have three. Uh, um, And I think that really matters for the setup in this one because I don't think either of these teams' offenses are that great. Uh, Unfortunately, Sadio Mane would be really important in this type of match, but um, unfortunately, I don't think he will be there. So um, it's a little weird for me to see Ecuador as a favorite, though, because what I... If I'm Ecuador manager and I feel like this is exactly how they played in CONCACAF and really how they've played in this tournament, they are going to sit in as deep as you can. Um, like they might put 11 guys in the goal line for 95 minutes or however long this game match is going to go. Probably more like 105 based on how long the this- <laughs> time goes. But um and seeing them as a favorite is weird to me because I expect Senegal to have the possession. I expect Senegal to be attacking the whole time. Surely it could go really, really wrong when they're pushing everyone forward, probably like especially late in the match. And there's just goalkeepers coming forward. I, I really hope if I speak it into the world, it does not happen. But uh I've I've been on the wrong side of goalkeepers going up for a corner kick and then a goal being scored on the other end because there's literally no one in the in the in the net. Um, I'm hoping that really doesn't happen here, but I guess I just set myself up for it. Um, but Senegal, very juiced, as you mentioned at a quarter of a goal underdog, but, uh, they're going to be the ones on the front foot. And I feel like Ecuador is going to, I mean, temp fade a little bit by trying to defend this whole time, hoping for a nil nil. Um, because if they concede after they've been playing defensively the yeah. whole time, I don't know that Ecuador can come back and get into it. And, uh, a Senegal win pays you a full bet. Um, I also feel like that draw that gets Ecuador through, they're very happy celebrating at the final whistle. Uh, and i that's one of my favorite things in betting underdogs is when the favorite is super pumped, but doesn't cover the spread, whether it's a half unit or full unit. I mean, who, beggars can't be choosers at this point. Um, but I, I feel like Senegal as the team that's going to take initiative. Um, I really like a quarter of a goal here. Uh, and I feel like with that heavy juice, I might want to grab that like sooner rather than later uh, also lean to under because I, I feel like it's going to be a bunker affair and and who knows if even one goal goes in.
0: Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. It seems to just paint a picture about motivations here. Ecuador, if it's a zero-zero draw, Griffin's walking to the window to catch a ticket and Ecuador, their manager, their teammates are as, as happy as any moment they've been in their lives probably. Uh, you know, advancing in the World Cup, as much as we talk about w- winning in the World Cup matters to the fans and to the people, advancing to the World Cup is the name of the game. Ecuador currently minus 250 to get there. Senegal, the underdog, has something. Got to upset the apple cart here. They're plus 170. Uh, so it, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that uh, Senegal, if, if both sides are OK with a pick or with 1-1, one, one, then probably want to be on the side where everybody's happy at the end probably more likely to cash cuz you know motivation is a thing makes sense to me wales england might have heard about uh this group we'll talk about iran usa in a minute england almost already through to the are they already through excuse england, england me england yeah, are, are they, not
1: no they're not through just yet
0: just with four points they're not officially through but they're heavily favored in this game and uh you can't even bet them to 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 advance because they're that uh that up in the air. Wales, not so much. They're 22 to 1. So they got a lot of, of upsetting of the apple cart to do themselves. They are a goal, call it a goal favorite, between a goal and a goal quarter favorite uh, versus their British rivals. What do you make of this one, England-Wales?
1: Well, now that I think about it, if if there's not a line offered on it, then it it must – I mean, I guess they must be through. But if you think about it, England on four points with a win and a draw – I mean, if they lost by some, yeah. Some if, if Wales number, wins by ten
0: goals, that's it's yeah. it's possible. Never I mean, it's never say likely. never. Yeah. I no, mean, no, 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 it's
1: not. I, mean, I don't. I don't know. Like that makes me gives me some pause. I got to say, uh, especially because um, let's not pretend that England like is a trustworthy anything in this World Cup or any European Championships or really anything. Like even on their home pitch, they can't win. So, um, yeah. So Wales. Unfortunately, we've seen the, the good Wales, maybe the second half against the U.S. Maybe that was bad U.S., but at least it was something from, from the Welsh. Um, we've also seen them uh, look really bad against Iran and that first half against the U.S., I think. Um, Wales, they wanted to sit in and defend and counterattack. Um, that's not going to get them a four-goal victory, um, which is what they need, I think, at a minimum uh, yep. to overturn this. I, I got
0: the official now, the official official. So if okay. England loses by four goals or more, and U.S.-Iran win clean, no draw, England does not qualify. Or if England loses by six goals or more and U.S. draws with Iran, then Wales and U.S.A. go through. So uh, until it gets to 3-0, Southgate and the boys don't have much to
1: worry about. Well, I don't think the U.S. go through there because Iran would go through at four points. The U.S. would only be on three. So Wales and Iran, that I mean, that would be wild, but I don't True. think that's likely to happen. Anyway, yeah, um it it is weird for me to see the Welsh getting a goal in a quarter when they need um, that type of win. But I got to say, uh, must wins are not really something you want to bet happen to happen in this world. I feel like it's something you see with bubble teams in college basketball all the time. Where yep. if they need a win, they are doing as much as they can not to get it because unfortunately <laughs> they feel that they feel the pressure. Yeah, uh, they want it so bad, and every possession is is tight. I mean. I, don't, I guess it's tight boots in this situation that a tight hands trying to catch the ball and it goes out of bounds. And it's like,
0: so it's uh, debilitating if you're down by 20 in these college basketball scenarios or if you're down a goal, two goals here. It's like if we try as hard as we can, we can narrowly miss out on our hopes and dreams. It's not that motive. It seems to be a bummer in a lot of these must win scenarios. Oftentimes uh, the market, we see this in the last week of the NFL market is often wrong, uh, giving too much credit to these must win scenarios.
1: Yeah. So I think from what I see with this one, um, I like Wales getting a goal in a quarter if they were in a situation where they could play their style. I don't think they can do that here. They're going to have to be aggressive on the front foot, trying to win, trying to win by a lot of goals. I think they're going to be wide open. uh, And that is not how they play. It's really not how they want to play. And I don't really like England. I think anyone on this has listened to this podcast at all has heard that. I know you've. It seems personal. Yeah. We can (laughs) get into it if you want. I mean, I'm very happy that we threw a bunch of tea in the Boston Harbor way back when, I got to say. Thank God we're not uh, taking two weeks off for a 96-year-old's death, but I digress. Um, I think um, England are. if there's ever a scenario for England to crush somebody, which I don't really see a lot of those out there, I think it is this game where Wales have to open up and um, show what's under the Komodo.
0: We did see England have a rare decisive victory 6-2 against this team. Amanda, you might have heard about their competition here. This is it. This is for all the marbles. USA, Iran. Scenario simple for the USA. you got a win and only a win and you're into the group stage. They are minus 102 on the money line. Almost pick them. Slightly less than 50% chance for the hopes and dreams of the USA team. Uh, Much more likely to get there than Iran, however. Uh, They're about a quarter goal favorite. 0.3 goal favorite here. What do you make of perhaps the last uh, last USA world cup match in a few years here, or maybe just the beginning of a, of a glorious uh, surge through the knockout stages. What do you make of it? What do you make of USA's chances here?
1: Uh, ah, man. So the nice part is unlike Wales, the U S does try to play on the front foot pretty much all their matches in CONCACAF, except for really, I think against Mexico, that one, they play pretty defensively, especially when they go to Azteca um they need to be on the front foot they need to control the ball they need to to push forward and score a goal um at a minimum clearly because as you said they have to to win to go through um as we just talked about with must win scenarios man i don't like those uh, i really don't and um i think iran's first match was really bad against england i don't know if that was necessarily them a combination of them versus england or um, I, I can't really explain how bad it was, and then they bounce right back against Wales, which is probably a little bit Wales as well as not just Iran. All of a sudden, remembering how to play soccer, but um, I don't know about the emotions what's going on with their country. Like, there's a lot that's hard to kind of predict about Iran. But what I do trust that they're going to do here, Carlos as their manager, is going to literally put every single person behind the ball. Um, it's kind of like an Ecuador style. And it's a, a draw. You advance. They are going to be fighting tooth and nail. They are going to be fighting for their their nuclear rights. They're going to be fighting for everything in this one. And I feel like um, it's really hard to expect the U.S. to succeed in this scenario. I mean, I think the U.S. was in a similar situation with Algeria in 2010, where they had that crazy goal. Um, should have been a goal from Dempsey, but it was saved and Landon Donovan scored, and it's basically made a career out of it since then. Um, but I feel like. The U S are, I mean, I've never really trusted their offense unless they're in an open game, which they don't, they're not going to have that at all here. Yep. And I got to say, Mediteremi, uh, the striker for Iran, he plays for Porto in Portugal and has scored plenty of goals in Champions League. He likes to take, get second yellows for diving, which drives me absolutely bananas, but he can score goals. And Um, He doesn't have a lot of service. He's going to be on his own, but he might be on his own running against Walker Zimmerman and Timothy Ream. And I got to say, those are not exactly intimidating forces defensively. Um, And I think the U S are going to really take a lot of risks and maybe they score. And then this gets out of hand because Iran then have to open up. Um, But you're losing Iran bet. If that happens anyway, Um, I really like Iran getting a half of a goal. And I like under, I guess two and a quarter is probably the, the line right now. I'm switching between two and a quarter and, and two. Um, I just, I don't trust the U S offense. I don't like the pressure that's on them. They're not like the the season veterans. They're a really young team um, probably. And hopefully peaking when we host the world cup amongst all the other countries that are doing it in 2026. Um, I am rooting for the U S if I don't have a bet on this one, but it's going to be really hard for me to, to avoid an Iran wager.
0: Let's talk a minute about the USA offense, because uh, the very first 20 minutes I had a bet on Wales, I thought USA was going to blow Wales out of the water. Their offense looked amazing. Christian Pulisic was on the ball. They were getting crosses into the box, and they got that opening goal. Second half was almost a completely different story. They never looked like scoring. Against England, 0-0 draw. A lot of theories here, but do they need a striker? And if they do need a striker, I'll give out one theory. I want to see what you think about it. Do they put Christian Pulisic in the middle? This is something that uh, not a notable soccer expert, but, uh, you know, notable person in the sports media world. Bill Simmons brought up on his podcast. So, you know, maybe it's a crazy theory. Maybe it's not. He doesn't know soccer. You do. Can they use Christian Pulisic more? How are they going to get more goals out of this offense is the answer. Christian
1: Pulisic in a false nine messy type role. I mean, I'm not trying to start any podcast wars, but if you just <laughs> went and bet against Bill Simmons, um, I'm, I we probably should just tune in to his million dollar picks or whatever and just go. It's gold, out. Jerry. I mean, I mean, literally, <laughs> maybe that's where you heard it. But I mean, I don't hate that suggestion because um, I think Greg Berhalter is really useless almost. Uh, maybe he's a good motivator. I'm not even sure about that. Um, but basically, he got us to a World Cup in a. In a competition that we should have been the best team by far in, and we finished behind Canada. So I'm not really in love with him, nor do I think that he has really any sort of clue. I know it's a tough job international. Like Jurgen Klinsmann was our guy forever because we couldn't find right. anybody else. Essentially, um, I think trying anything is a good idea. Um, we tried. I mean. I uh, we tried right at, at Striker and even the Fox like analysts were pointing out that he just had no idea what to do. Like he was too timid to run into the box. He was too timid to do anything to make runs to the front post, to run to the back post. Kind of just stood there and and like I don't I mean, I don't blame any of the the service trying to figure out who to pass to because like he was doing nothing. I can't imagine he plays um i i mean is not even on this roster so uh that's not a great sign he looked like he was going to be like our hopes and dreams um there's a possibility they go to ferrera who scored a bunch of goals in Concacaf, but against kind of the worst teams that are out there and Concacaf are a very different team than than iran who are one of the best teams in asia um so i don't really know what the answers are i gotta say i feel like pulisic at striker and playing like a false nine position, which then essentially sucks the defense more towards him. And then he can try to create in the center of the pitch where it's really, really crowded and it limits his, I guess, speed or pace on the wings, which doesn't feel great. Um, I feel like this is a game for Gio Reyna to come in and potentially start at the number nine as a false nine, even deeper, where then he can kind of create things from the center of the pitch. Um, but we haven't seen that work. Gio Reyna is really about as oft injured as anybody out there. Um, I just, I, it's really hard for me to come up with a, a scenario where the U S score, unless it's on like a counter ki- counter attack or like a penalty kick, of course, those are huge XG events, but then maybe like a corner kick where you get Walker Zimmerman and he finally does something right and heads it into the, the corner, um, own goal, something like that. But when those are like the, what I'm grasping at straws or yeah. how the U S are going to score, I feel like that points to the other dog and certainly points to the under as well.
0: I mean, whatever marginal advantage, and USA is considered a better team here, whatever marginal advantage they have on offense, if you're counting for a corner goal kick, it's very minimal. It's like .6 expected goals on average for the favorite, .4 for the underdog. You're not uh, you're not going to build a winning strategy based on that because it's just as likely they get a fluke goal as you do. The very first bet that Griffin and I made on this podcast as far as a game, we did a double best bet on Brighton to beat Manchester United, and and my analysis— um, you know, piggybacking of, of your analysis as well, uh, essentially boiled down to the fact that we don't. Man United didn't know what they were going to do to start this, to start their season. We they had a lot of questions, and if you have to win, if there's a lot of pressure on you, and there's a lot of questions, I don't like that combination. So if we don't know our starting eleven, and it's the biggest game in our history, or at least in this generation by far in their history, uh, doesn't doesn't um, doesn't sound like a winning combination to me, and the fact that. More money, more money, I believe, will come in on USA. We'll get you know good odds here. Uh seems like it seems like USA is going to be overvalued. Seems like the perfect script for USA to be overvalued. Here. I
1: mean, and to your point about overvalued, I mean, this is how many, how how many Iranian nationals are are betting this this game in the US? You know, so like shout, shout out to
0: Sarah Biazar down the way in Chicago. I, got, I know one speaks farsi and everything.
1: Ooh, nice. Uh, <laughs> so I, I speak a little myself, but you're here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't. So we got one. Um, (laughs) There's 330 million Americans, I think. So um, I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't recommend anyone betting Iran right now. I bet you're gonna get a really nice number compared to what you saw. I mean, Fox has been hyping this up even on NFL games this weekend. So like, there's gonna be a ton of money coming in. Um, I don't know who's gonna be borrowing money to bet Iran, but uh, I might be one of those people. (laughs) All right. I like that. I, I like that confidence. Uh,
0: best bets coming up later on in the show. Next up, we move on to Wednesday. Early start time. Two of these going on at the same time. The first one here, Denmark laying a goal, minus 120 versus Australia. What do you make of this one?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I feel like a scorned lover at this point. Um, I'm I'm just really disappointed in what uh, – I've seen from De- the Danes in this tournament. Um, I felt like they fought all the way back, got level um, against France. Didn't certainly look like the better team, but we're in a great position to, uh, unfortunately, to to get a point and still be in the running to win the group. Um, it would have been an outside chance, I think, ultimately. But their offenses looked horrible. Um, and, and I can't really say that a corner kick header is really enough to um, – to make me believe that they're going to be able to, to score a bunch of goals in Australia with that win against, um against Tunisia. I, I, I mean, they're in great position to go through on a draw. Um, I, I think if the Danes score, it could get really ugly because Austria will, or excuse me, Australia will, will need to uh, push out and, and try to go score. But that, that goal of insurance is a lot. Um, I'm, I mean, I really love the Danes coming into this competition, but they have not really played well, Um, And I feel like same sort of story here. Tons of pressure on them. Like, why is that all of a sudden going to start They're They're all of a sudden going to be able to, to find the back of the net. I mean, Australia is going to be if if Iran is camped and Ecuador is camped, it probably goes Iran far more camped in their back end than than Ecuador will be. But I mean, Australia, I mean, they might have 11 guys like one inch behind the the goal line trying to make sure the ball doesn't cross. They're going to be as defensive as anyone in this round. And I feel like under two and a half and Australia plus one look really nice. Um, And you could probably even get a a one and a quarter on Australia by the time this kicks off considering that where the juice is right now and the World Cup rankings or the FIFA rankings that probably are like 50 spots apart.
0: Next up, France here laying a goal minus 116 uh, I've been wrong on them. They looked amazing. They didn't look like there was any left, uh, you know, um, hitch in their step after winning the World Cups. It has been the case in previous defending champions, but Mbappe especially, they look like the best team in the tournament so far. We'll see how it goes. They haven't had the best competition, but uh, they won't face that here either. Tunisia is their is their game right here. They're laying a goal minus 116. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, the competition has been pretty easy. I think your stat was, was very valid. And I think Fox sports ended up picking up on it too. Um, not sure if they listen to this podcast, but shout out to them if they do. Um, I, I just, Tunisia, I mean, they had it all in front of them. They, uh, needed and, and they flipped to a favoring in Australia and unfortunately couldn't get it done, uh, fell behind to a, a, pretty wild header, um, really great execution from Australia. And then I don't really think they're going to get much from this game against France. France have nothing to play for here, but their backups backups probably are a big favorite to Tunisia. Um, I don't know. Cause a lot of the, these big nations, they don't really rest anyone. I expect if there's anyone that can do it here, it's, it's France. Cause they have really no one that can catch them besides Australia. And they had um, a three goal advantage when they won that match. And then, um, they're, I mean, they're way ahead in goal differentials. So uh, I think France are pretty safe in this one. And I, unfortunately, even with their backups in, I wouldn't like downgrade France really at all. Um, total makes me lean under two and a half, but that doesn't feel great because the backups of France can score a bunch of goals against Tunisia. Uh, and Tunisia probably have to push out to try to win this match um, to get to four points to cross path, uh, paths with Australia. It doesn't really look good for them. Uh, they need to win this match and I don't really like them as an underdog.
0: Argentina got the bounce back they needed against Mexico after their disappointing opening game. They are now goal minus 124 versus Poland. What do you make of this one?
1: Man, uh, Argentina, I mean, from the depths of the earth all the way back, um, they controlled Mexico. Mexico tried to defend like crazy and then basically gave up their attack. And Argentina still got them because they have this messy guy who seems to be pretty good. Um, it's a tough situation though, for Poland. I mean, they got a big win that they really needed, um, uh, and they are in pretty good shape. Uh, but we'll see what happens because they can't take a heavy loss. You never know what's going to happen in the Saudi Arabia match. Um, I just feel like Argentina are, I mean, maybe they got the wake up call they needed. Uh, Poland still look to me like a team that, that are Robert Lewandowski, who is kind of alone. They don't have a lot of service to him. Um, I just don't know that I really want to get in the way of Argentina right now, because I feel like they need a win here, um, which, as we talked about, wasn't great earlier for motivation. It helps, but it doesn't really work with pressure. Um, But they had a ton more pressure on them against Mexico. against a better side, I think. Um, So getting a full goal of insurance is, is a nice number to look at. But I just I don't know that I really want that too much.
0: Speed round continues. We got Mexico here. They can still earn it all back. With a big win here over Saudi Arabia. They are three-quarter goal's favorite. What do you make of this one?
1: I mean, they are going to try to score a bunch of goals. They haven't done that in a year now. Uh, really struggled scoring goals in CONCACAF qualifying. Um, really didn't do it against uh, Argentina at all, of course. Didn't do it against Poland. And now they got to win. Uh, and the pressure's on. Uh, They probably are a lot better than Saudi Arabia and where the juice looks right now. I mean, this, you might get a plus one on the Saudis. I just don't know that there's enough talent there. No one expected Saudi Arabia to be good. Uh, I think there's a lot of overreaction in the number based on them beating Argentina. They play a really aggressive high line, which are are, all these sort of things add up to me being concerned about the Saudis. So uh, I don't really know what to do there. Maybe under two and three quarters feel like the best thing to do on that one, but I don't even know if that's good enough.
0: All right, so maybe the under, I mean, keep cashing with unders. so it's hard. People don't want to bet it, but it's hard to ignore Griffin's, you know, 35 games over 500 undefeated in the last six podcasts, 5-0-1. So let's get into what the best thing to do, not just for this game, but for these two days of World Cup action, the very best bets we got. First, let me save you a little bit of money. Uh, Use the promo code, go over to pregame.com. And we just had Thanksgiving. Use the promo code LEFTOVERS, L-E-F-T-O-V-E-R-S, on pregame.com. Save 20%, 20, nice solid 20% off anything on the website, pregame.com. All right, without further ado, Griffin, you are again the winner. Nice pick, nice winner. We will have you go first on our Best Bet segment. What do you got for the people?
1: I'm going to go under two and a quarter. I imagine the juice will look a little bit better in the Iran United States match. Um, I doubt we're going to get a full plus one on Iran. That probably would be my uh, favorite of, of of the bets. Uh, I actually, I'm not even sure that that's the the case. So I'm going to give under two and a quarter. As I just said, uh, I feel like the US, betting against the U.S. offense is a great idea, especially – with Iran that are going to try to like run the clock out every time they can hit the ground. I mean, we might see like monstrous numbers of stoppage time here because they're going to be faking every cramp injury possible uh, is my expectation unless the U S score early. And then that changes things. But I just feel like unfortunately in this tournament and with the U S they that the problem for them has been goal scoring. Everyone knows it. Bill Simmons is saying to start Pulisic such a striker. <laughs> I mean when when bills coming in with with uh yep. talking points that Bre- Greg Burhalter should listen to I think that shows there's some problems in the US scoring and I feel like that's going to be the team Hey that hey has-
0: hey, Greg, hey Craig hey Craig I, I got I got an idea I and I'm going to let you finish <laughs> That's Bill Simmons as yeah. Kanye West
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah he um I'm just I'm just glad he's not doing any more uh political stuff Kanye. <laughs> but I mean he was on the on the ticket for uh for 2024 um but yeah I, I just feel like There's the U S trying to score goals is going to be really hard. There's going to be a lot of shots over the bar is my guess. A lot of the field goals are good and and I'm not sure they're going to be actually goals in the net. So I'm going to give under two and a quarter. It's pretty juicy at the moment, but I imagine that'll get a little bit better by game time because who loves to bet overs more than American citizens. Indeed.
0: And I am going to make it a double best bet. Just talked about our very first bet on this podcast. Brighton over man. U, was a double best bet. Well, I have my best bet written down here. I'm damn sure not going to change it because you agree with me. I mean, you keep winning. You keep winning for a reason. Your analysis is strong here. And I, I leaned very closely to that Iran bet. And I was wondering, McKenzie, are you just doing an anti-fun bet because you like anti-fun bets and you know everyone is rooting for one thing you want to root the other way? There might be some of that. But I think I go back to motivation and there's just so much one zero would mean to either side especially the usa where they have a very simple game script win in you're in don't and you're not one zero means so much i want to cash even if there's one zero because when you have so much motivation i think the scoreline tends to reflect that at the end of the day so one one doesn't bother me and one zero is a full winner uh it's going to be a tight one everything's on the line and uh, yeah i'm gonna make it a double best bet what do you think about that griffin
1: I love it. Um, But as you said, if the U.S. go up one nil, then guess who's playing a lot of defense? So um, I'm not sure how this one gets to three goals. So uh, I like that. I guess I've talked myself in a circle, but I do like that better than the Iran side. But I certainly lean to Iran as well.
0: I don't disagree with you. We shall see. We'll have a hopefully our, our listeners will be smiling with some money in their pocket, whether or not they're also smiling as their host nation Hopefully goes on to the knockout stages, but we shall see. I think it's more likely than not, so does Vegas, that it doesn't happen. That's very close. It's very close. Almost 50-50. Without further ado, that'll do it. That is RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Um, This one on the pregame SoundCloud, but we wanted to make sure we hit every game of the World Cup for you. So that's what we did. Uh, Thank you very much, Griffin Warner. We will check in again soon for the second half of World Cup Match Day 3.